On the outside, Omaha starts to drop back. Secretariat now takes third. Whirlaway is fourth and down on the inside. American Pharaoh, three wide on the turn. Now five lengths from the front. Then affirmed at the rail and citation. Around the far turn, it is still Seattle Slough. American Pharaoh is sweeping up on the outside and bumped there at the top of the stretch with Whirlaway. Secretariat starting to put in his bid. And they're into the stretch. And it's Seattle Slough who comes down to the final furlong in front. Secretariat runs at him. American Pharaoh is in the center of the track. Citation is down toward the rail. Into the last 16th. Here comes Secretariat in the middle. Citation on the inside. Then Seattle slew an American Pharaoh. Here's the finish. Secretariat has won it. Over Citation. Then Seattle slew affirmed an American Pharaoh was fifth in the Kentucky Derby Triple Crown Showdown. After all, the item was pulled and reintroduced from the menu several times for five years. It was perceived to be random and possibly on the whims of the shadowy Ronald McDonald, that goddamn clown. But unlike the Hamburglar, Ronald wasn't trying to pull a fast one over on the American people. The price of pork is in constant flux, meaning sometimes it doesn't make economical sense to continue serving the restructured pork meat due to rising costs. Others, let's call them McRib truthers, denied that the removal of the precious, succulent Frankenwich was due to costs and believed McDonald's was guilty of arbitrage or only selling the meat when the prices were at their lowest to make money off both the raw product and the completed sandwich at the same time. Ask those same people what shape the earth is and get ready to be very disappointed by their responses. Hey, from a land where it's never going to not be the lockout, I'm Dave. I'm Rod. In the land of the clogged sinks. Oh, yes. That was fun. Why was it fun? Yeah. <laughs> I got to hear about well, Sorry, it has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about. But no. no. I was well, I, ha- I don't have any tools to, to deal with the clog of that magnitude, so I actually had to go to the Ace Hardware store and uh, buy... I, I bought, like, three different tools because I'm like, well, I, I'm not going to make another trip. <laughs> so, Did you need all three? Uh, I ended up using all three, yeah. So, yeah, it, it was a snake... Mm. The, the little pressure, the hose pressure thing, and an actual decent work? hose for it to connect to. Does that work? Does that pressure thing work? Because when ours clogged here, that's what I thought about doing. But I didn't want to spend the money if it and, and not have it work. It, it did work, but I used the snake first to kind of poke through the, the clog that was in there. So, hmm. damn you cheese tortellinis. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Apparently, when ours was clogged, it was mac and cheese. Okay, and just a yeah. big clog. Uh, who the hell is putting mac and cheese down the damn drain? <laughs> Why would you do that? And everybody just stands yeah. at me like, well, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Well, who the of heck course. was it? Of course. Oh, my God. So I got to play a game with you this morning, Rod. Sure. What is your favorite COVID-19 conspiracy theory? Ooh, my favorite. Uh, I think... I think it's the one where the viruses were manufactured. Okay, that's a good one. A lot of people believe that. A lot of people will explain to you that you're an idiot if you don't believe this. Sorry, I keep looking over there. For those of you listening to the podcast, we have cameras so we can see each other because we have to give each other hand signs and crap like that. (laughs) And your picture is over there, but the camera's over there. So I keep looking at the picture thinking I'm talking to you, but it's... Sorry, you didn't need to know that. We'll no. cut that out in post-production. Um, it's <laughs> so, the um, uh, what was I going to say? So, there's people out there that believe that. Yeah. I mean, they fervently believe this. And this is one of my favorites, too, because do you know why they believe this? No. Why? Because Dr. Fauci. <gasps> Dr. Fauci sent money from whatever organization is he was working for, National Institute of Health or whatever the hell it was to the Wuhan lab to do virus research. Really? And he is, uh, I guess he's the virus czar here. I don't know. Yeah, I they guess They so. made him that. But but the, the point being that Dr. Fauci is involved in this because he's the one that sent them the money that allowed them to do this and then turn this into the COVID-19 fiasco that it has become, you see. Yes. And it is a fiasco. Well, it is, but at the same time, there's a, what am I looking for here? There's a, an element of 
nobody's really thinking again. And, of course, we've said that yes. since day one. And the problem with this is that it was the Institute that sent the money to Wuhan, not Dr. Fauci. And it yeah. wouldn't have mattered. And, and you ask this question and the blank looks you get are is amazing. Okay, if it hadn't been Dr. Fauci, would they have still sent the money to do virus research at a viral institute? (laughs) I believe so. Hmm. Is there any benefit for the United States to invest in virus research, even if it's being done in other countries? Well, there is, considering that uh, a large portion of our drug manufacturing happens over there. Hmm. Too much of it, I would think, but at any rate. So that's a good one. The the Dr. Fauci sending money to that. Um, The Bill Gates vaccine. Oh, yes. This is this is this is a big one. Yeah, it is. It's the Bill Gates vaccine. It's that he contributed to uh, he contributed to a number of different. um, What is it? Uh, Was it his foundation or was it him? It's his, it's his foundation, the one that has the, the, the yeah. engraving that says Population Reduction, Center for Population Reduction. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's yeah, that he either. was, yeah, he has some funding related to the whole lab. Right. As well, as well as the cure. Of course. And because he has all this and because he's going to inject you with the vaccine, the vaccine is going to be the, the RFID tracking and. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going yeah. to be uh, all this stuff. So everybody, people believe that. And and you and I have some common friends, some common denominator friends who, who are deeply into that one. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I just want to sit back and go, mm. makes me wonder. The YouTube doctors being silenced. And I talked about this on my show this week, but this has become a conspiracy theory now. Is it? it this has become a, it's the term I'm looking for. Um, a focal point for the free speech debate. Okay. Should these two doctors who are frontline doctors, that's the way they keep referring to them, frontline doctors, uh, emergency room doctors, should they be silenced and, and told that they can't speak out and have their videos, their video of a press conference removed because, because they differ from the traditional view that everybody else has. Follow my, my string here. So, I literally, there was a tweet argument, Twitter argument. This is how boring my life has become, Rod. I had the whole <laughs> week off for reasons that are irrelevant and, and really not related to anything. It wasn't nobody, there wasn't anything bad. It's just the way, it's just a blip of the schedule. I had the whole week off. So, I discovered what it really means to be COVID locked down and bored. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you. It sucks. Okay. Well, let me let me know when you get to the Hallmark Channel. Oh God, <laughs> I was close, man. I was freaking close. We'll talk about that in the binge watch segment of the show. Yeah. But um, anyway, the the argument goes: which is more uh, dangerous, it, or it, well, which is more important? I guess is the way the argument goes. Yeah. Which is more important: freedom of speech. In other words, should these doctors just be allowed to? trundle out whatever they want to say or freedom of from propaganda in other words these doctors and again i talked about this this week were clearly wrong i mean they, they made a basic math error that they should be trundling back but they're not and i don't know why i'm using the word trundling twice in two minutes but yeah <laughs> it's weird isn't it that's how it's bored the word i of the am day. trundling um <laughs> should they be silenced because of their their math error and and their propaganda that putting out that that again a lot of people i got a lot of feedback about that show the other day and a lot of people are mad at me because i dared to question their error why can't i just accept their conclusions as being right <laughs> well i mean then you're not thinking if you just accept it you're, you're not there's no um there's no analysis going on in your head I agree. And you're trusting everyone, and you can't. You can't trust but verify. Why can't we trust everybody? What is it about this? We've been talking about this for years, Rod. We've been talking about these these fantastic conspiracy theories, Jade Helm, Walmart, FEMA camps, uh, moon landings. We've been talking about this stuff for years. But somehow or another, 
in this COVID-19 thing, which I don't really want to talk about COVID-19 because I just really care that much anymore. But somehow in all of this is where we are seeing the manifestation of the the reality of bubbles and social bubbles and and, and mm-hmm. informational type stuff bubbles is what they call them the this this whole idea that we pick and choose the information that we like and we don't really care if it's right or wrong as long as it matches our beliefs and this thing has really driven that home hasn't it yeah yeah it reinforces uh, our own beliefs and a lot of the news feeds that we have and of course social media and our friends you know we have now we can now you know choose to unfollow friends that we don't like their opinion well i've been doing that uh-huh. for years yeah <laughs> no i'm serious i got what do i have like 600 friends i don't even remember yeah hang on let me check here because now i gotta know i have 614 friends and some of you don't see a lot of my stuff you know why because you are not a close friend and I only post <laughs> stuff for close friends to see. <laughs> and many of you are on, what do they call that? Unfollow? Yes. Mute? So, uh. unless you uh, unless you endear yourself to me somehow or another, uh, if you're just one of those acquaintances or somebody who just follows me because of the shows or whatever, it's unlikely that you're seeing any of my stuff. My wife turned her Facebook off last week. Because she's okay. so tired of all this stuff. And now I'm like, I'm trying to tag her in something that I'm posting so that grandma will see it. I can't tag her. I'm like, what the heck? And she said, well, I turned it off. So why didn't you just put everybody on mute? Yeah. She's like, well, then I still have to read people's stuff. <laughs> like, you don't have to read any of it. You don't You don't have to turn it on, you know? Yeah. Don't, don't open your browser. Don't open the app on your phone. Which I don't is, even have the app on my phone. See, I do. And... People say to me all the time, Dave, why, why are you saying my screen time was up 16.9% this week? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I have it on my app phone because it's a part of what I do. I mean, yeah. communication is a big thing for me. And like it or not, Facebook has become a primary form of communication in today's world. I don't particularly yeah. like it, but it's better than Twitter. Twitter just sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I end up. I, I do the browser on my phone. I don't have the app installed just because too many freaky coincidences with me talking about a subject and all of a sudden I'm seeing ads for it. Really? Like what? Yeah. What, what are you? What are you googling there? Uh- no, no, no. I was so. Oddly enough, this was. I, I had a conversation about someone's hobby at church, and it's not something that I ever am interested in. It was. It was a hobby. Um, and, and then the very within the next five minutes, I swear to you, I opened up the Facebook app and I'm seeing ads for that particular hobby. And I'm like, okay, I've never searched for it. Right. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I just, I don't trust those apps. I don't trust them either. And to that end, I often, when I'm not actually working on my phone, it's in airplane mode. Okay. Because. I just don't trust it. I don't, you know, but at the same time, the people that I'm trying to communicate with who want to hear my point of view, who are in my informational bubble, who regularly send me emails and texts saying, Dave, what do you think about want to hear from me? So, but that makes me, and and I I said this back during the radio days, it makes me uncomfortable. People used to call us, Dave, what what should I vote for? And I'd always say, you should stay home. Yeah, <laughs> because if you don't know what to vote for, what the yeah. hell am I doing here? I mean, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what I vote for. And this was always my policy. I'll, I'll if you can't figure out what I'm voting for, by the way, <laughs> by what I say, then you shouldn't be listening anyway, because you're not you're not smart enough to vote. Yeah, sorry. True. But it, it, it makes me worry. I came across an article, uh, hat tip to a good friend of mine, uh, Mike Bennett, who uh, sent us a, an article this week about the propaganda versus speech Uh ideas from a book written 50 years ago and it was a psychological examination of how people choose information that they like because it matches what they want to hear and it's been a long time rod you may know this better than i do but isn't there a passage in one of the one of the one of the pauline letters about tickling people's ears Something like that, yeah. yes. People people like what they want to hear. 
Yeah. Whether they were going to churches 2,000 years ago or whether they're watching the news now. And it, it's, it's, it's really weird about these, these uh, conspiracy theories because depending on your politics really says more about what you're going to believe than anything else. I mean, I, I, I hate to yeah. put it in those terms, but it's reality. Yeah. I mean... It, I mean, we do. We, we, you know, I can remember when I was in my formative years that I was listening to a lot of conservative uh, talk radio and that formed a lot of opinion. But then I decided that, uh, I didn't, I didn't fall in line with everything that the, the Republican right was, was saying and speaking. So I had to actually put my thinking cap on and think through the subjects and, um, make my own decisions. Which isn't that exactly what they tell, what they say they want you to do anyway. Both sides say this: think for yourselves. Yeah. But then yeah. they never do. No, I used to have this problem back in the seventies. I was a I was a child back in the, I was a kid. Turned I was born in sixty three. So the seventies are really my formative teenage years, yeah. right? Um, and there was a hangover saying from the sixties: "Do your own thing." Remember this? You probably oh, don't I remember, remember that. that. <laughs> No, I was in 68, so... T-shirts and all this kind of stuff. Do your own thing. But the problem with the people who would say that is that they were all doing the same exact thing. Yes. And I used to question that. I used to say, well, if I say, if you say to me, do my own thing, why are you mad at me when I do something that you don't want to do? Yeah. And they would stare at you with that, <laughs> with that look. You know the look. The look of someone who's been smoking something herbal, and they're confused for a moment, and then they would just say, whatever, dude, and walk away. Yeah. And it always kind of bothered me, but it, we're in that same vein now. But now we've changed this, and this is one of the things that this article points out, is that we no longer accept someone else's opinion as an opinion. We, we, almost, expect, we almost accept it as a counterfactual, a competitive fact. In other words, yeah. if you're right, Rod, then I'm wrong. And if I'm right, then you're wrong. And there is no middle ground, period. Yeah. There can't be. And that's how you end up with these idiotic, you know, the YouTube doctors who, by the way, I didn't get into this the other day, the two YouTube doctors whose video was pulled for mm -hmm. making a basic math error. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but they're not epidemiologists. No. Nor are they viralists. Nor they're... they're they they own the largest chain of urgent care centers in the Kern County area, huh? Which happened to offer COVID nineteen testing. Okay, which there is you why go. they happen to have access to COVID nineteen test results for the people that they've actually seen. Okay, which is not, by the way, a random sampling. No. <laughs> so when you start looking at that, you go, "Well, wait a minute." You get this thing yesterday where people who are leading people who think the way we do, I guess, or I do anyway, posting things about did the CDC revise the number of deaths downwards? Because apparently there was a tweet or a chart from the CDC that seemed to show that the deaths had suddenly dropped like 37 percent or something or they revised them out. OK, but it literally took about 10 seconds of looking at the chart to go, oh, this chart is not complete, and it says it right on there. <laughs> so, did they revise the desk down? No. So, there's no conspiracy theory there, but, Mo, you try to tell people that now, and it's like... <laughs> and, of course, my favorite theory about this whole thing is it was just an attempt to import the the giant Asian murder hornets. No, I had not heard that one. Oh, you've not heard of these things? No. So apparently, in the middle of all this COVID thing, while we were all locked down, not out defending our, our evergreen state from invaders, whilst we were in that position, the giant Asian murder hornets have landed here in the United States in the state of Washington and are nesting now. And uh, they're going to kill us all. Ugh. That does not sound good. Have you seen these things? They're gigantic. I have They're not. They're hornets that, that are like that long. I mean, they, are, gonna... they are huge. Okay. Someone said when they sting you, I've seen a video of a guy who's intentionally stung by one. Okay. He, he, okay. he lets one intentionally sting him, which is insane because 
based on his reaction and the reactions of people who have been stung by these things who say it's basically having a hot poker shoved into you. <laughs> screaming. I mean, that's what they say. You might as well just lay down on the ground and scream because that's what you're going to be doing for the, for the next couple of hours anyway. And if you get more than one sting, it's potentially lethal, right? Well, these things yeah. hate honeybees. They, they attack honeybee things and they, they murder honeybees. And it's okay. So my theory is that this whole COVID thing was so that the so that they could get the giant Asian hornets in here to kill our honeybees so that we can't feed ourselves anymore. Okay. Makes sense? That makes total sense. See, but the problem is in order to build it, I gotta I gotta I gotta do it the way they do conspiracy theories. Uh, okay. So this conser- conspiracy theory one oh one. Right. So I gotta put a lot of bass in my voice. And Ooh. I have to talk really slowly. Okay. Like I'm serious about something. Okay. And we all know, and I have to use terms like they and them as opposed to naming anybody. That's going to drive me nuts. <laughs> but that's what they do, right? I mean, you've heard these guys. I, yeah. They all talk in these really slow, low, low bass-pitched voices. And they, they appeal to your they, – they sound like they're appealing to your common sense. Yeah. I mean, go outside, Rod. Doesn't the earth look flat to you? It does. So, therefore, your own eyes are telling you that the earth is flat. Why would anybody else try to convince you that the earth is not flat? Because you can see it with your own two eyes. The earth is flat. I can see it. So, there you go. That's how they do this kind of thing. They use that deep, calm voice. It sounds mysterious. It sounds eerie. It sounds, you know, creepy. And oh, yeah. They make, well, and they, they forego science. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Why, if you appeal to science, and they, they distinctly avoid that. In fact, yeah. uh, sadly, I was listening to it last night again because I had to go to the, I had to get out of the house after, after six yeah. days, seven days of not working. I had to go do something essential. Ben was out of waffles. So waffles are essential in our household, and I had to go to the <laughs> store to get waffles. And while I was there, yep. I picked up some essential donuts and some essential bacon and some essential potato chips. And <laughs> and I did not wear a mask because that's one of the other conspiracy theories. Yes. Who got to the CDC? Because two weeks ago, they were telling us that masks were useless. And now they're yeah. putting out posts saying, you have to wear well, the The cloth mask may help. I mean, I just went and read their guidelines yesterday. That's what they said yesterday. Go yeah. back and read them two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, they, they don't do anything. Yeah, they're ineffective. And, unless you're sick, it can help prevent the spread when you cough or sneeze. Right. But other than that, they don't do anything. Mm. So there you uh, go. I mean, you're, and, and, and so who got to them? Who, who changed their mind? <laughs> That's another conspiracy. Anyway, they talk, they talk really low and slow and deep. They, and they avoid science. And I was, I was listening to the show last night again as I drove to get the, the essential waffles. And he was talking about your electricity in your house. Okay. So everything you plug into your electricity in your house is, quote unquote, an antenna of EMF (laughs) radiation. And if you don't have his, I swear to God, I'm not making this up, Ron. If you don't have his $40 thing that deflects that radiation from you, your body will absorb it. And, of course, that's how they get you. They. Right. They and them. The, the dreaded they. It's it's always they. Yeah. You can't let them get to you. You can't let them take over your life. You can't let them win. And the only way you can do that is by sending me money to, uh, to get this precious little medallion, my precious, to protect <laughs> you. That's my, first, that's my first thing. Anybody that says to me, I need money from you. Yeah. I don't care if they're a politician or a charlatan. That's that's <laughs> the giveaway to me. Yeah. <laughs> Please send your dollars here. Right. Even Ben Shapiro. God. I like Ben Shapiro. I think Ben Shapiro is yep. a sharp guy. I cannot listen yes. to his show. I cannot listen to it. You know why? Because well, besides the fact he talks a mile a minute. <laughs> surprisingly, that fast. does not bother me. Um, I used to get teased for that all the time because apparently I talk fairly quickly as well. 
Okay. And I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with, I don't have a problem following him speed wise. What I got a problem with is easily 60% of what he says is, Subscribe to my website today, and I will send you two tiers of liberals tumblers. Here, pre-order yeah. my book. Join us today. Yep. I mean, geez, the show is just one big commercial with a little bit of information thrown in the middle of it. I'd almost buy his website just to get those commercials out of it, but those are his yeah. live reads, so I know how those work. But anyway, it drives me up a nuts, and he does that, too. He does the they, them, yeah. although he's a little more specific about who they and them is but even the left does that i mean nancy pelosi refers to they and them yep as do some of the others they generalize the opponent they're they're not they they're not him they're not rod bow and dave they're not they're not ted they're those yeah they're those guys they're them and it has to be because they because if you start personalizing things if you start really attacking someone what happens Let's say they start attacking. Let's just pick, for example, they start attacking me. They start talking about how Dave is a propagandist for whomever. I don't know who the heck would I would be a propagandist for. But if they started attacking me, what would I do? You get defensive. Get defensive and shoot back. You'd, yeah, you'd yeah you would you'd shoot back at him. Right. And the one thing people don't like is being shot back at. It's sure. remarkable to me because Twitter has kind of changed that. Twitter allows you to shoot back anonymously. Oh, yeah. And it's always been amusing to me because somebody will post this tweet. But see this tweet? And here's my here's my zinger of a response. Okay? <laughs> but those are the only two things they post. They don't post the other million responses that, yeah. that zing you and then you zing back and then you zing them. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm hearing that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just discovered something. Completely unrelated to what I was talking about. Um, Squirrel. Yeah. Shiny stuff. Look. Anyway, what was I talking about? Twitter. (laughs) Twitter. Twitter. And, and, you know, it just, and that, again, it fills the informational bubble. Well, the only people, the only responses I read on Twitter are the people I like. The other ones I just ignore. Just like on Facebook. Confirming your bubble. Right. Which is, of course, part of the problem. And that gets to the heart of this argument about which is more important, freedom of speech or freedom from propaganda. Just because you don't like something doesn't make it propaganda, right? True. But at the same time, how do we limit things like these doctors who clearly had a conflict of interest that should have been disclosed at the beginning of their press conference but wasn't and who made a basic mathematical error? How do we prevent people from going, well, I still agree with them? Well, you're never going to stop people from being uninformed and saying, you know, saying their opinion. Um, And I don't think you should forcibly stop them from that because we need to be able to hear those voices to say, hey, wait a second. No, that's not right. You're wrong. (laughs) We need to be able to come out and and stand against, you know, uh, falsehoods and things like that. And and you can't do that if you're not hearing them. Well, that's one of the arguments. That's one of the arguments in favor of not censoring things is that, okay, the best defense against bad speech is more free speech. And that, that tends to be my position. It really does. Yeah. Um, But more and more, we're seeing this, move to silence voices that are you know i mean we've seen it in the global warming debate people who deny global warming should be arrested and jailed we've had people actually say that yes we've had people who actually believe that people who don't believe that the warm the global warming is man-made and going to destroy us all should be jailed where's the extreme where's the limits on this where is where's the common sense on both sides of this to say okay look what we need here is more free speech, but also more um, education. I mean, this is the argument that I make all the time, Rod. How do I know what to believe? I mean, you tell me the North Pole is melting and you show me a picture of a polar bear on an iceberg. But then I read the Navy account of the submarine that had to punch way through the ice at the North Pole. Yeah. How do I know who to believe? Now, I know who I believe, but... How do I know the Navy was actually at the North Pole? I wasn't there. Yeah. Short of, there's, all, 
there's almost too much information. Yeah. It's it's trying to filter out the noise to to hear what the truth is. And that's part um, of that bubble thing, isn't it? That is. We're not willing to even. It's like a big Venn diagram with a bu- with a bunch of bubbles. It really yes. is in a way. I mean, <laughs> but where where how do I get to a bubble? That is not too much information, but it's good information that I can make a decision for, which isn't information. And see, this is the problem. Information now has become um, in, in what's I'm looking for a word that means influencer, but not influencer because influencer is like Instagram. Yeah. I don't want that. But I, I want a word that says something to the effect of it has become information itself has become manipulated in such a way that it's designed in its presentation to influence your decision making process. Yeah. Um, to get your attention. Okay. I, I, I went to a thing years ago. I've talked about this in the past where I went to a newspaper. Well, I went to a, a panel where it was a bunch of authors, and one of them happened to be a newspaper guy from the Stockton Record. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say his name because it's you, it, people who live in the Central Valley would know who this guy was. But that's one of the things he said. We can write headlines. We can write articles so that the reader comes to the, quote, correct conclusion, unquote. Yeah. Why does why do you need to do that? Why can't I figure it out on my own? Why do you have to tell me what two plus two equals as opposed yeah. to just letting me figure it out? But all, almost all the information presented from both sides, right and left, yeah. has become targeted in such a way to make you believe that that information is absolute and all other information is yeah. therefore wrong. Yeah. It's a way of swaying our opinion. Is that good? Let me let me rephrase that. Before you answer that, let me rephrase that. Is that healthy for a republic and a representative democracy? No, it is not. Why? Well, because then we're, we would basically be at the hands of a select few that would be crafting i mean it's another conspiracy theory right they're they're guiding us they're <laughs> they're guiding us by their by the media into a certain to a certain mindset so that we make certain decisions a certain way okay and but aren't there those who believe that that's for the best i mean we've heard we've seen this in the jury argument we should have professional jurists instead of random jurists we should have Professionals who decide what information is good. We should have vetting boards for information. Whether it's a college, whether it's a newspaper, whether it's whatever. We should have people who decide whether the, what information you should see. And, and if it's quote-unquote deemed propaganda, yeah. then you should not be allowed to see it. Because, again, if you started watching propaganda, uh, or counterfactuals, I guess is a better way to put that, um, how do we know what you'll end up believing? And if we don't, if you don't end up believing what we want you to believe, then we have failed, and they have won. They. Yeah. Which in this case yeah. would be the opposite. They. I don't know, man. I'm uh, I'm a little concerned about it, and it was it was driven home to me this week because n- not only this article that I read, which we will link up in the the write up for the for the show. By the way, if you're following the show, we're basically homed at Anchor.fm. Slash do not resuscitate. But um, you can get the show on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. There's a bunch of other places. Anyway, the write-up will have the link to this this particular article in there. But but I um, I saw a couple things. Like I was telling Rod before the show, I was watching a video of the Kentucky Derby this year. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been no Kentucky Derby this year. Nope. But somebody got some skills and and managed to create a Kentucky Derby that featured all of the Triple Crown winners from the past, I don't know, 100 years or so. And let me tell you, I'm not a horse racing guy, Rod. I I I literally don't care about horse racing. I never have. Yeah. This was enthralling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for two and a half minutes, because that's about how long the, the whole buildup yeah. for the Kentucky Derby and then two and a half minutes. The whole two and a half minutes, man, I was... I was glued to that screen. And, of course, it looks real. It looks fantastic. And Secretariat, the greatest horse of all time, wins going going away. Okay. okay. Secretariat, for those of you who don't know, was probably the greatest racehorse of all time. And all others, 
really pale in comparison to Secretariat. Yeah. I read an article in Sports Illustrated years ago about when, when Secretariat finally passed away, when they mm-hmm. had to put him down, and they were doing the autopsy on it. And his heart, I guess, was like three times the size of a normal. And it wasn't enlarged. It was just that big. Oh, insane. Yeah. So they said he had a heart for reason. Anyway, point being, that I watched this, and, and if I didn't know that it wasn't real... I would have assumed that Secretariat won the 2020 Kentucky Derby. It was that good? It was that good. Now, again, if you're savvy and you know a little bit about CGI and stuff like that, you can pick it out, but you got to slow it down and pick it out. You, yeah. you, you, it's hard to tell at first. Now, once you realize that it's CGI, then you go, oh, see yeah. what they did. I mean, it's not <laughs> Star Wars or anything, but there you go. And then the second one that I saw was... And I posted this on my page and my Dave Loves History page. The History of the McRib Sandwich. That's where I saw it. (laughs) Now, let me say this without any reservation. The McRib Sandwich is the most horrifying thing I've ever dreamed of seeing in my life. I I can't imagine who the hell is eating these things. Yeah. He raised raised his hand. hand. (laughs) Why? Why would you eat this thing? Uh, I, you know, it's, it's got a good flavor to it. It's a good consistency for the meat, you know, until I watch that show, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know that I'm going to have another McRib after that, but, um, no, in fact, when my wife and I went to Hawaii last year, um, we found that one of the local McDonald's actually had McRib. So we had, we had to go because they don't have them here in California, No, but they do have lumpia at McDonald's over there. Yeah. Or the dead. I don't, last time I was at a McDonald's over there it was 1985. So anyway, point being that these, these horrifying sandwiches are popular for reasons that defy any reasonable yeah. explanation. And I'm not even going to get into the why they're so horrifying because I don't really want to. You can watch the there. video. Yeah. <laughs> Suffice to say, they're not made of ribs. No, no. Or they're red meat. Red meat. They're not, they're just shaped to look like ribs oh yeah and generally speaking what's in them is stuff that well as the video itself said most americans would not consider to be technically food so anyway bon appetit but they were talking about the fact that mcdonald's has manipulated the mcrib market yep they the 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 pork market the well they they manipulated the mcrib but they yeah. also control the pork belly future market with this thing. Because when they announce that they're bringing it back, pork belly futures go through the roof. Yeah. Which is insane because they're not pork bellies. No, no. <laughs> but there are some related side effects of pork bellies that, that make up the McRib. <laughs> anyway, point being that they literally control the pork belly market, the future market for pork bellies because they can say, yep, we're going to make the McRib sandwich for the next six months or whatever. They can, they, they, it's it's like their their it's like their owners their investors go out and buy a bunch of pork belly stocks, then they yeah. announce they're bringing it back. Pork belly prices go up. They sell high when they when they're going to announce yeah. they bring it down. And 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 I don't know. Is that a conspiracy theory? Is that a that's a market manipulation? So does that make me a McRib truther? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> God, these sandwiches are horrifying. Uh, I'm sorry. I I'm, I, geez. I I threw you, you, somebody out of my house once for bringing one of those in my house. <laughs> she says, "Is it because you're Jewish and you don't like pork?" I said, "No, it's because it's because they're horrifying." Frankenwich. <laughs> because you're Jewish, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. As I picked the bacon out of my teeth from this movie. I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Anyway, the, the whole concept of this McRib thing is that there's conspiracy theories about McRibs, about why they yeah. take them away, why they bring them back, why they then why they bring it back for a year and then they do away with it. And it's all market manipulation, just like um, it's like diamonds. I mean, I've, I, I, I told my wife when I married her, I said, you're not getting a diamond. Because diamonds are the cheapest thing on the face of the planet. They don't symbolize anything. Oh, no, three months' salary, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) 
The only reason they cost three months' salary is because they're manipulating the market into believing that they are. Yeah. And I'm sorry, and that's that's just one thing that I have not been moved on in my entire life. I just I refuse to buy diamonds. <laughs> Does that make me non-romantic? Does that make me unmarriable? Well, my wife married me. She's still here 11 yeah. years later. So anyway, point being that I bought a diamond once, and that one didn't work out very well. So I'm not doing yeah. it. But, but mar- diamonds are market manipulated. I mean, clearly sure. market manipulated. I mean, there are places in this country where you can go out in the backyard and find a diamond. Yeah. Oh, but Dave, then you got to pay the artisan to chip it down and shape it and all that. Okay, so pay him. But, yeah. <laughs> you know. Let's be real. Why doesn't it cost the same? Why is an opal worth less? Because the same guy shipped it, shaped it, and chipped it down and everything, right? Yeah. That's what we're paying for. Anyway, we get these conspiracy theories that, that seem real. And, and I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't, know, I don't know if I should believe that McDonald's is actually manipulating the pork belly market intentionally or if diamonds are really that way or if, uh, you know, the Kentucky dirt. Derby really didn't happen. I don't know what to believe. Yeah. Well, I, I'm with you. I don't know what to believe either. Uh, McDonald's could very well be manipulating it, but, you know, I, is there motive? I suppose. Profit. There's profit. You know, someone's had to have noticed that. So someone's making money right. off of that. Hmm. Maybe that's where I need. See, I'm looking at oil right now, thinking to myself, I need to be buying oil stocks right now. <laughs> Yeah, now I can, yeah right a, now I can afford them. There's a lot of finance uh, finance advisors that are saying that right now. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, it's coming back. Yeah. I mean, okay, it's bad now, but a year from now is it going to be? Yeah. I don't think so. Well, then again, maybe this is maybe this is yet another conspiracy. Th- wait, maybe this is another conspiracy theory to make us buy less oil so that Democrats can buy up they sorry so that they can buy up all the oil stocks and then get rich when it comes back. That makes total sense. Does it? I believe you. I just uh, <laughs> the problem with that is you got to believe these people are smart enough to do that. Yeah. And I just don't. I'm I'm sorry. That's the that's where I fall down on those kind of things is we're expecting them to keep this secret. This is the same government that couldn't hide the atomic bomb. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we know it real. I don't know. I don't know if masks work or not. I don't know what to believe. Yeah. I don't well, know what to believe. I, I can only speak from experience. And so the experience we've we've had uh, with my wife's health issues that uh, the only time we were having to wear masks was when potentially we were sick or if or if it were unknown, if we were sick. But it was to prevent us from spreading to people that were sensitive or had a compromised immune systems. It wasn't at all to, pr- to protect us, to protect me from getting sick. Hmm. So is it a conspiracy theory now to believe that the only reason we're wearing these masks is to make people, quote unquote, feel better? I don't that's think what that's I a conspiracy. No, I believe you're correct on that. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I, I think it's a... It's a false sense of security. And in fact, I think the CDC website initially said that they were discouraging people from mm-hmm. wearing masks because they, it creates a false sense of security. Right. Oh, man. I know I got to go to work later today and for the first time in a week. And guess what? You got to wear a mask. Mandate, I got to wear a mask all the freaking time. Yep. Like, even while I'm driving the truck 30 miles from anybody. Yeah. Well, you know, what do you got? You got to put a camera on it. You okay? Rod just <laughs> fell down. Fell, the mic fell over. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if we're better off with our bubbles or if we're better off not. The problem with this bubble theory, the problem with this idea of of being free from propaganda is how do you know what's propaganda and what isn't propaganda? How do you know that just because someone else that said it doesn't make it wrong it's like these doctors they may be right they may ultimately prove to be right in fact there's a study out of afghanistan today that i read that showed that about a third of randomly tested people and they only did 500 so i don't know if that's a representative sample or not but about a third of a 500 person sample randomly was infected and that seems pretty reasonable to me yeah What's the death rate based on that? So uh, these guys could end up being right. But the problem is 
they presented their findings in such a way that was <laughs> it was not good. Yeah. And it created problems. So I don't know. But, but is silencing them the answer? I mean, isn't it better, in my view, to let them say what they have to say and then let other people step up? This is the scientific method, right? Yeah. You you make a hypothesis. I challenge it. And you either have to defend it or accept that it's not true. Yeah. Or it's confirmed by other independents. Right. With repetitive testing and yeah. and the likes of that. So, I don't know. What do you think? Is there a better way or is it just the way to do it? No, I, I, I think you've got to just let it go. Let it, let it get out there. And then there's going to be some smart people that can actually discern. And there's going to be some people that just want to take it and run with it. You know, you're not going to stop that. No, you're not. Which brings me to my binge watch list for the week. Since I had the whole week off, Rod, I actually did some binge watching this week. Okay. Now, I didn't do as much as I thought because I, I only binge watch one show. Um, Netflix, Waco. Now, this was made in 2018, and it's okay. based on two books, one by an FBI agent who's a hostage negotiator, or was the okay. hostage negotiator, and one by David Thibodeau, who was one of the Branch Davidians. Okay. And they kind of mesh them together. And as, as I understand it, both men, the FBI agent and Thibodeau, were on set to oh, kind of- interesting. To kind of run things through. And it what I didn't like about it is it challenges- it ignores some facts. I mean, there are, in fact, tapes of Branch Davidian saying things that sound very start the fire-ish. Okay? Okay. There are tapes that existed that, that to show that, but they ignored that in the show. But otherwise, it it really pitted two ideas, well, three ideas against one another. The idea we just want to be left alone which I support. I, there's nothing in the Branch Davidity, Branch Davidian theology that appeals to me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But this is the United States of America. They weren't bothering anybody. They weren't banging nope. on my door saying, you have to believe what I believe or I'm going to shoot you. They, there was none of that. And to that end, I have a problem with, with the overreaction of the government in yeah. this particular case. But within the government side of this... There were really two schools of thought. One, we need to negotiate. We need to talk. We need to calm things down. We need to to move forward with this. And another of, we have to show them force because if we don't show them force, literally, what's the next guy with a bomb going to do? (laughs) I mean, that's one of the lines in the whole thing is if, if if we don't suppress these people from defying us in the face of our overwhelming firepower and two goddamn tanks. Yep. What happens next is, is, is literally the question that gets asked and it's like, well, which answer is the best answer here? And after, I don't know, 51 days, they, they decide that no more talk. You know, they think that Koresh is just dragging them along, and he probably was. Koresh was insane, and I think yeah. I think everybody realizes that by now. I think by 51 days, everybody understood that this guy was nuts. Okay? Yeah. You have a long history of inserting tear gas into, into standoff situations. Okay? This is an FBI yep. tactic throughout the 70s and 80s, and invariably... <laughs> Guess what happens when you insert tear gas into a to a closed environment with a standoff? It almost always, not almost always, but a good percentage of the time, it causes a fire. Yeah. And they had no plan for putting out the fire. <laughs> well, does it matter at that point who started this whole thing? Does it matter at that point what's going on? If the government's going to step in, Rod, and suppress an opinion, call that opinion propaganda that opinion must be eliminated that opinion must be silenced if the government's going to do that using force and the pointy end of a stick and a gun haven't we kind of crossed the bridge already can can we get back to the other side i don't think you can get back i don't think you can either and the growing of course the the out the fallout from waco is is oklahoma city yeah, which is is just as vile in my opinion. It's just as just as uh, there's nothing to support in McVeigh and the other guys McNichols no. position at all. But 
the frustration that is built by silencing other people, by popping other people's bubbles and saying, you can't have that bubble, you can't have that thought process, you can't yeah. think that way, almost inevitably leads to violence. And yeah. at what point are we, at what point in this COVID thing, I mean, we're starting to see resistance now. Oh, yeah. Right? We're starting to see people who are, who are willing to, to stand up to things like, you know, like uh, your governor down there. Said Gavin Newsom before cackling and exploding into bats. And we're seeing it up here, too. We had a big yeah. rally here in, in Kitsap County. I mean, it, sooner or later, that's going to lead to confrontation. Oh, yeah. And what happens then? Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do because it, more and more people are going to be standing up. And if there's any kind of resistance to those people that are standing up and protesting, you're going to have more people protest the response and it just escalates. But isn't the isn't the response to this becoming and I, I've seen this. Um, I mean, this is where we go back to this tweet. Well, which is more important, freedom of speech, your ability to protest is, or freedom from propaganda. You're wrong about covid. You're wrong about the spread of this disease. You're wrong about all this stuff. And therefore, my life is in danger because you're wrong has become the prevailing attitude. That's why you have to wear a mask so that yeah. I'm safe. And at this point, you're, you're going to see start seeing some resistance to this thing, especially as, <clears throat> on the surface at least, it's not appearing to be the pandemic, the, no. death, the death knell that everybody was saying that it was going to be. Yeah. I think they jumped the gun and I think they're going to have a hard time the next time one of these kind of, one of these things rolls around. Right. I don't think people are going to be willing to comply. But of course they're going to say, well the only reason it wasn't so bad is because we made you do these things and so to protect you we're going to do this again, see? And if so you would my just fear listen to us, is that they're actually going to shut down the scientists that are going to be doing the research that come out and say, you know, it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> Right. Kind of like the swine flu in 76. It wasn't that bad. But then again, the pandemic of 1918 to 1922 was horrifying. And and, and I think, you know, I, I thought about that this week, Rod, and, and just just in a comparative way, we don't see death at all. We, no. we don't. We as a society, death to us has very little meaning beyond a somebody was here. Now they're not. We went to a funeral where there was a casket that was maybe open where they looked really good because, you know, everybody does then or oh, yeah. it was closed casket because there was an accident or something. But we never we very rarely experience death in a personal way. Does that make sense? I've been present when yeah. two people died. Um, one as a pastor, one as a, as a friend. And in both cases, if I hadn't heard the the machine go, I wouldn't have known. Hmm. I would have thought they just went to sleep. I mean, it was it was painless. It was, you know, drift off. In in prior times, that was different. In the in, in the 1918-1922 pandemic, I mean, you would watch somebody suffer in your house because there was no place else to go, and then they yeah. would die. And instead of thinking to yourself, well, that was peaceful, that was, you know, your, your fear was, well, am I next? Yeah. We don't have that experience here. Even the COVID-19 patients are isolated from us for our protection so that yes. we don't get involved with it. And we never see them die. We don't experience that with them. We're told because, damn, there's so many, sorry, TikToks about, you know, I was with so-and-so when they passed away and Instagram posts and like that. But that's, that's, our, that's the extent yeah. of our experience of this. And I'm wondering if... if we ever get into a position where it's more than that, where it's more like it was... In the in the twentieth century, the early twentieth century, will we see it differently? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that one. I don't either. I just I, I just know we're all panicked about you know how many deaths is it now fifty seven thousand something like that something I, we, like that. But but we have no concept of this. I mean, again, death in the past has been unrelated i mean the the battle of cold harbor three thousand americans die in 30 minutes at tarawa ten thousand in a day i mean we just we just don't have any concept of this and we 
so we tend to isolate it away and that makes those bubbles things easier it really does because we we like the earth is flat because that's what we see we don't see what's actually happening with this so it's easier for us to say well it's not that big of a threat i'm not saying it is or isn't what i'm saying is based on our own observations what are we seeing and again we're back to why would i believe somebody telling me something different if i don't actually see that yeah no that's true it's true we we tend to gravitate towards the things that we that tickle our ear that scares me it really does it scares me a lot and and it's not that i'm it's not that I'm one of these, uh, the, the virus is the most terrible thing. I'm not. I'm not on that side of things. I'm, I'm not even of the opinion that the two doctors in Bakersfield were necessarily incorrect. I just think they presented their data wrong and they weren't upfront about stuff. And this is the problem. People presenting data that they want to influence your thinking don't always tell you the whole story. And yeah. if they don't tell you the whole story, how do you know it's not about giant Asian hornets coming to kill us all? It makes yeah. as much sense as anything else, doesn't it? It does. What are you watching these days? So. Actually, based off of the conversation that we had, I am watching uh, Monty Python. I uh, started with the Holy Grail. Uh, finished up yesterday with the life of Brian. <laughs> Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the bright side of life. Da-dun, 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 da-dun. My favorite is uh, Stephen Hawking singing um, oh, yeah. the Mrs. Brown song. Whenever life oh, yeah. gets you down, Mrs. Brown, Stephen Hawking singing that one. Monty yeah, Python is great, good. and and contextually, I mean, I, could anybody do that humor nowadays? I don't think that they could. I don't think they could get away with it. I, I, I think they would be. I don't know. I, you know, I, it's they'd be isolated somehow. You know, oh, you can't, you you can't, you've insulted me. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, offended me. Yeah, I remember they used to do that in the middle of The British Army does not like what, does not approve of what they are saying in this sketch. We are not, in fact, witch doctors or cannibals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they could either, but I'd like to see them try. I mean, yeah. John Cleese has said that, you know, comedy today is political correctness has destroyed it. So, yeah, I don't know that they could, but I'd sure like to see them try. Yeah, it'd be it'd be really nice if they if there was a set of comedians that could come out with something like that. Right. I know Chappelle has a new special out. I haven't watched it yet, but if it's as good as his last one, where he talks about people being offended by by crap. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Uh, yeah, that was funny. Was. I, I watched that one when it came out earlier. So there's a new one out now. Yeah, there's a second one that's come out. I guess he, oh. he even I, I I've just seen the trailers for it. I guess he has a three three special deal with Netflix to do three okay. of them. And so he actually says that this is the second of my contractual obligation or something to that effect. <laughs> it's pretty funny to to watch. Well, we're still looking for your list. What you're uh, what you're binge watching? Because I don't know, but I haven't heard what california is doing yet i haven't heard what the governor newsom said gavin newsom before cackling and exploding into bats has has decided but our governor has decided that the stay in stay at home order stays in effect until may 31st yeah and then we are phasing it we got four phases to reopen which really effectively nothing and he says in there each phase is three weeks and we can skip all of these phases if there's a <laughs> I'm not following. <laughs> trying to do the shot thing. What the? What the heck? An oh, inoculation, a vaccine. A vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, gone. And I'm trying to do trying to do hand signals to, to <laughs> hand like, signals to you. I'm like, what, what the heck is he doing? <laughs> if there's a vaccine, we can skip any of these phases. Yeah. But you know, the reality is there isn't going to be a vaccine for this. No. So we're looking at we're looking at the end of July up yeah. here. No, I, I haven't heard the specifics around uh, Newsom's plan, but um, I know that he has picked a war with Orange County and their beaches. That's awesome. Yeah, that is going to be cool, and yeah. it'll be a good. Uh, it'll probably be a good topic of discussion over the next week, won't it? Because <laughs> yeah, because we're going to see what happens when people use their bubbles against somebody else's bubbles, huh? Yep, that's what's going to happen. Well, from the Pacific Northwest, I'm Dave. And I'm Rod. From? Oh, from the great state of California. (laughs) Ruled by Gavin Newsom. 
said Gavin Newsom before cackling and exploding into bats. El Presidente. You know we do that for one person, right? Yeah. Do we really? Yeah. Mojav loves that. Okay. That's funny. uh, John had said that once. We were on the air once, and John had said that. He was reading the yeah. news or something. I don't remember what happened, but Gavin Newsom's name came up in like three times in one sentence. Yeah. And anyway, that's where that comes from. And that's from that Mojo. That's hilarious. He mm-hmm. does look like a vampire, though. <laughs> see you next week, everybody. <laughs> Let's see you.